This episode is sponsored by Evel, a company dedicated to shifting the way we see autism. I'm not sure if you picked up on it, but Evel is actually Love Backwards. It was inspired by an autistic boy named Luca who wrote Love Backwards so some plants on a pot could read it. Stop for a minute and let that soak in. This kid was four, and he cared so much for the plants that he wanted to write them a love note in a way that they could read it. I think this is a great example of the surprising and unique gifts that autistic people can bring to the world. If only we shift our perspective so we can see it. Evel makes adorable hats, jewelry, and shirts, and the proceeds go to charities dedicated to spreading autism awareness and acceptance. I love this company and all the good it's doing. So if you're an autism advocate, ally, or just like to use your purchasing power for good, check out Evel at their website. I am dash love.org today. And for our listeners, they're offering 15% off your purchase. Just use the promo code no sex at checkout. That's I am dash love.org with the promo code no sex for 15% off at checkout. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. everyone. I'm Haley Augusta, and I'm your host of No Sex in the Suburbs, a podcast about marriage, sex, and momming so hard. Today, we're going to talk about making the decision to grow your family, premature babies, and mom guilt. I'll be joined by Rachel Olson. Rachel is the host of the Sweetest and Toughest Job podcast, which is all about celebrating the sweetness and deep diving into the tough aspects of being a mom. So obviously making the decision to have another baby is a hugely personal decision that is unique to everyone. But we hear from Rachel about her decision to go from two kids to three kids after her second uh, was premature. And we talk about how it changed the dynamic of their family, what it was like for her to go back to ground zero after she had just crossed the diaper hurdle, and also how it affects her relationship with her husband and babysitting and all that jazz. So if you're in the should we or shouldn't we, you know, have another edition, or if you are expecting another edition, I think this is a really interesting show. I definitely learned a lot and I hope you like it. As always, if you do, please let me know. The best way to support the show is by a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. If you want to hang out on social media, I'm on Instagram at no sex in the suburbs. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to No Sex in the Suburbs. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Okay, so let's just dive right into it. Tell us where you are right now. Sure. So I have three children. My youngest is 16 months, a little girl. And then I have a four and a half year old little boy and a six year old girl. So girl, boy, girl. Okay. So that was kind of a big gap going from two to three. So I was just saying in the intro, you know, the decision to grow your family, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you're like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. (laughs) You know, like what? Wait, what? And then sometimes it's something that you really think out. I know that for us, 
you know, we knew we wanted to have a second kid, but I really went down the rabbit hole and it was really difficult to get pregnant with number one. So I was like, I'm never doing that again, ever, ever. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know what? If we have one, we're lucky. And then the second one was like, well, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I'm done breastfeeding and we'll see. And then like three months later. So for you guys, was it a big conscious decision or was it a surprise or, or how did it go? So that's a great question. And yes, there's definitely an intentional gap between number two and three. Um, so I, like you, had trouble getting pregnant with my first. So we ended up having to go to a fertility doctor and re- ended up conceiving via IUI, which is interuterine insemination. So all that was fine, but we knew we um, would you know, like to have another one, God willing. So um, basically didn't do anything to prevent between after number one and, um, got pregnant kind of by surprise, I'll say, um, my, I I don't get cycles, so I never got a cycle back and just got pregnant. Wow. Um, and then he was born six weeks early. So they ended up being 19 months apart and he was, um, premature, of course, spent some time in the NICU. So after that experience combined with them being so close in age, um, you essentially have two babies when they're 19 months apart. I, we thought for a while we were, we maybe were done. Um, we thought, you know, we have two beautiful children. We've kind of had a wild ride with getting pregnant and pregnancies. Um, so it definitely gave us pause until we came around and ultimately decided like, okay, we're, we're ready now. Can I ask you a question um, about, did you ever figure out why uh, your second was premature? Like what, what causes the premature baby? And also... How hard was it having two so close in age and like under two? Sure. So um, first of all, with the reason why I went so early, I think it was stress related. We were living in South Carolina at the time and we owned a business there and had a house and um, our business had sold and we were under contract to buy another business in Colorado. So we sold our house and um, then the business deal fell through. So we had nowhere to live. And I came up with the brilliant decision that um, we should live in California for a short period of time in between, like while we're looking for the next thing, looking for the next business and moving, potentially moving elsewhere. So we packed up our car. I was seven months pregnant and um, with our two dogs and our then, I guess she was 18 months old and drove cross country. Wow. And then landed in California and kind of set up shop. But all of that kind of series of events happened within weeks, you know, selling the house, the business going through driving cross country. And I think that the stress probably created it. However, my doctor assured me that, you know, these things just happen. It was kind of unexplained. There's no reason why um, I would have gone into labor early, but it just seems like given all of those events that had to have played into it in some respect. I mean, I think stress is totally proven to take its toll on you physically. And your first one right? wasn't premature. No, she was 39 weeks. And then my third was 39 weeks too. So he was just kind of the wild card Wow. Um, in there. So I have a lot of mom guilt, you know, gosh, I'm sure every, every mom can relate to mom guilt in some way, shape or form. But I do have a lot of guilt thinking like, you know, did I, did I do something? It was it stress related. Did we just bite off too much? Should we have just stayed put? Um, and it's something that I've had to kind of work through and come to terms with. 
And there's nothing, you know. I mean, there's nothing you can do, right? Like, it's certainly like you can't go back. Um, I mean, right. I, know, I think every mom, every mom probably has something that they go back and regret and think that they should have done differently. I mean, I know that nobody knows why you have an autistic kid, but I doubt there's a mom of an autistic kid who doesn't wonder, like, was it something I did? Was it something... I didn't do, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah, as a, as, it's like, as a parent, you just, you don't want anything on your children, right? Like it's our job to protect them and, you know, be, be the mama, mama. So anything that, you know, I don't know, crazy thoughts can, can go through your head whenever there's something that affects your child directly. So it was a rough start, but he's okay now, right? Yeah, he's perfectly fine. He, um, he was actually fine at birth. He was five pounds, eight ounces, which is fairly big for a um, six week early. And he just stayed in the NICU for two and a half weeks, essentially so he could learn to eat because when they're that small, um, that's the hardest thing for them. They don't understand the suck swallow. They don't have the the skills to do that. Um, so we worked on that. And two and a half weeks later, we brought him home. And now he is a healthy, totally normal, happy four and a half year old little boy. Awesome. Okay. So let's go a little bit forward. You have these two babies. They are very close in age. Having two is really difficult. And did you ever think like I'm done? Yeah, I, we definitely did. Um, and I did for a little, I'd say a period of time after I had him probably up until like right before we decided we wanted another one. Um, it was, it's a lot. And I know people ask all the time, like, what's it like going from one to two and two to three? And I, I think one to two is really hard, especially when they're that close together. I shouldn't say, especially it's hard anytime, you know, when you have your first, it's your first to your, all of your attentions on. And then when the second comes along, that first still needs attention and they don't have like another sibling or a playmate to play with. So it's on the mom or whoever's around to kind of entertain, take care of them, and you have a newborn. So I'll say that was really challenging with my daughter being only 19 months old, because she's essentially, you know, a toddler that cannot do anything for herself. (laughs) Yeah. So what made you change your mind? Because I mean, that is hard. Yeah. So I always I'm one of three. I'm the oldest of, of three girls. So I feel like I had a wonderful experience growing up as one of three and I loved it. And I, I always thought, you know, in my head that I wanted three kids. Um, so I think I just got to the point where it felt like I'm never going to regret having another one. And if we're able to, and you know, God willing, everything works out and that's fine, then we would love it. So, um, we decided to try and it took us about six months, but um, we ended up getting pregnant with our third. And so your husband was totally on board with expanding the family. He was. Yeah. He, um, he's so funny. He's always been like, I think it needs to be an even number. And we have this joke that I'm like, it's not dogs. Like they're kids. You, you can't say like, I just want an even number. And also like, it doesn't work that way. You know, there's a lot that goes into getting pregnant and especially with our track record. So he was fine. I mean, he, he, he's one of two. So it's kind of interesting that he's good having a bigger family. Um, cause a lot of times I feel like you're comfortable with what you grew up having. Right. Uh, but he was totally on board. So it was an easy conversation between the two of us. Did he ever say he wanted four? So it would be even. I mean, we're, so now we're at three and like, he's open to it having a fourth and I'm kind of like on the, 
sense probably on the no side a little more than the yes side. And we're also like, we're getting older. So I'm kind of feeling like the door's closing, but. So yeah, I was going to ask you, are you comfortable to say how old were you when you got pregnant with your third? And like, was there a difference in the pregnancy? Obviously the second one was the premature one. So. Yes. Yes. Um, so I was 30 with, uh, my first and so 35 when I, um, had my third. Is that right? Yeah. I'm 36 now. Um, so yeah. And I think that that does play a lot into it too. It was a lot. My third pregnancy was a lot harder than my first. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, like your body's a little more tired, you're 35, not 30 or 25. Um, so yes, that was definitely harder. And I, and I do think about when thinking about, you know, having another one. Yeah. So I'm 38. I'm turning 39 in June. And I don't know, like, like I said, the second one just happened. And then the third, Mm -hmm. if there was a third, which there isn't, I don't know. My husband freaks out about the finances and college. Like, how do you pay for three kids for college? And, Mm -hmm. you know, is our house big enough? Is our car big enough? Our car is not big enough. (laughs) We'd have to get another car. Like, what about all those lifestyle adjustments? Like, you were just ready to go. You got a big old house. Well, we're, we live in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm from California originally. And um, I'll say Nashville and certainly South Carolina, where we started out. And that's where we bought our first home and did all that fun stuff is much more affordable. So um, we're in a good spot. Like space isn't an issue for us, thankfully, um, because we live in a more affordable area, I guess. And the car situation, I I drive a big old Suburban, so that's not an issue. It's a little hard getting them up and down. I'll say that. There there is something to the minivan, for sure. Are you going to (laughs) move to a minivan? I might. I've like strongly considered it. (laughs) Well, if you're going to go for four, the bucket seats are really great. They're really great. And the kids can get in and out themselves, you know? Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Well, think think about it. Could be could be a thing. <laughs> could be a minivan driving lady in Nashville. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess it sounded like it, it all worked out. I mean, I guess nobody really regrets having a kid, but it's such a, like I said, sometimes it happens and sometimes you have to be really intentional about it. And... I think, I think a lot of the times, like, what people think about and what I considered, too, is okay, it's going to change the dynamic of our family, right? Every time you add a child, it, you know, now my son wasn't the youngest, he's the middle. Right. And, you know, my daughter's now, um, she'll be five years and change away apart from the youngest. So like, how does that look down the road in terms of like, when you're trying to go on a vacation or just doing activities, I'm enrolling them in summer camp, like, you know, the two, the two older ones can go, but I'll have the baby. So you definitely do think about different situations and then how the dynamic of the the family will change, how sibling relationships will change. I, I think that I thought a lot about all of those things. And how has we... it how has it changed? Like how did the baby deal with being the middle? How do you feel about going back to ground zero after your kids have gotten a little bit older? Like how was all that? Yeah, that's a really good point you bring up too. Because there's something to be said when the two were so close together, they were babies together, but then they've kind of like moved through the stages very close together. Mm -hmm. So like toddlers, the tantrum stage, all that really close together. And then now I have a gap. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't, I I love babies. I'm a baby person. So I loved having another baby, but I know there are some moms and it's totally fine and there's nothing wrong with it that don't love the baby stage. So that might be kind of hard to go back into. 
Um, but I'll say that I was really worried about my son in particular. Um, he's always been very attached to me and he's more sensitive type. And I just thought that he would have a hard time with jealousy and um, maybe not understanding that baby's here and baby's staying. Baby is part of our family now. Um, and I, he really pleasantly surprised me. I think a lot of the reason might be because he was a little older. Um, he wasn't two or two and a half going through this transition, but he was three and a half, you know? Okay. Um, and I think that that really made a difference, at least for our family. And so you were he, totally out of diapers, right? By three and a half. And then you went yes. back to zero. Yes. Yes. I literally like potty trained my son at three. Um, and Emery, my youngest was born at three when he was three years and two months. So like literally had just given away the last of the pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're back at ground zero. Back at ground zero. Well, I hope you didn't get a, get rid of all your stuff. We gave away like everything, like crib, crib, stroll, double stroller, all, everything. I mean, like it doesn't matter because I'm not having another kid for now. I mean, I'm probably not having another kid. I should probably do another episode about coping with the fact that like you're just done, even if you aren't necessarily want to be done. You just Definitely. are. And I feel like I know friends that are good with it, like that are like, we're done. We're done, done. We're great. We're happy. I, I don't know. I think I'm one of those people that might not ever feel that way. Like I just feel kind of sad that it's over. Yeah. You know? well, that's what my sister, so my sister went from two to three also. And she said, you know, some people post like, oh, our family's complete or whatever. And she still doesn't feel like that. Three kids yeah. and a cat and a husband later. But right. logically, she's like, dude, the buck has to stop somewhere. <laughs> you yeah. know, like I can't, <laughs> exactly. I can't pay for all these kids. I can't, you know, feed the world. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also, you know, we're all, we're all getting older. Um, what about time spent with your husband and relationships? Yes. Yes. That's a great question. And I will say that, um, first of all, my husband's always been a very, very involved dad. So I'm super lucky in that respect. Like he's in there changing diapers, like, you know, hanging with the kids, like he's perfectly fine taking even all three of them out by without me. So I'm super lucky about that. But I will say that no matter what your situation is with your family, I do feel like the dad has to like step up his game when number three comes along. And I'll say that because it just, if you think about it, like, okay, you've got three, you're now on zone defense, right? Like yeah. you're outnumbered. So um, when my youngest came along, it was like, okay, now you're going to have to do bedtime for the other ones. Like you're going to have to take them out. Like I can't, physically in the beginning, like handle all of this all the time. And he was really great about it. But I think that that role just as a parent changed a bit. And then to your point, um, yeah, it's a lot harder to get alone time. Like now I have, you know, my two older ones that don't nap, my younger one that does it's, you know, from a scheduling perspective, and then just like babysitters, of course, now we're in COVID. So we haven't been out anyways, but the worst. Um, you know, hiring somebody to take care of three kids versus two uh, changes things. Thinking about going away for a weekend even. Um, like, can we ask either sets of our parents to watch three? Like, that's a lot different than asking them to watch a four and a six-year-old. You know, right. can you watch a baby a four and a six-year-old when your parents are, you know, in your 60s, 70s? It's, it's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do you do with the four and six-year-old while the baby takes a nap? They are pretty good about 
quiet time and being alone, like kind of playing by themselves or coloring. So that's typically what happens. They're they're pretty self-sufficient at this point. And of course, during COVID, you know, they've learned to get even more so. (laughs) It's just what has to happen. Yeah. We really would really enjoy babysitter or my parents to come support at some point, but we're not seeing them because they're old and don't Mm -hmm. have their vaccines yet. Um, So, okay. Do you find time to carve out for just you and your husband alone time? Or like he stepped up your his game, you stepped up your game and it's all hands on deck and that's just how it is while you're in this early phase? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'll say we spend time together like after the kids go to bed, but we all know like how tired you are at night Yeah, <laughs> after kids go to bed, um, which inevitably lends to us like staying up too late and then the cycle repeating itself. But, um, but no, I mean, I, we don't get a whole lot of time one-on-one, but I kind of look at it like this is the phase, you know, it's not going to last forever. And, you know, in a few short years, they'll be out the door and off living on their own or wherever. And, um, and then I guess maybe we'll get a long time. I don't know, <laughs> but no, we don't get a whole lot, especially like we've been talking about with COVID and not really having babysitters accessible. Yeah. Um, It's tough right now. It's tough for everybody. It's tough for everybody. It's totally tough for everybody. One more question I wanted to go back to. When you were pregnant with your third, knowing that your second was premature, were you worried about that? Like, did you go on bed rest? Did you do anything? Or was it like low risk? Like, how was that? I was totally freaked out, (laughs) to be honest. Of course. Um, I had my, we have no family that lives in town with us. Um, My sister just moved here. A year ago, but she wasn't here when, um, when she, when my youngest was born. So our, my, our two sets of parents live out of town. So I asked my mother-in-law to come like, I think three and a half weeks before I was due. My mom was supposed to come about a week before and I was just freaked out. I thought for sure I would go at least a little bit early. Um, my doctors were telling me there was no indication that that was going to happen, but I just thought, you know, he came six weeks early. Surely I'm going to go, you know, two weeks or something like that. Right. And I didn't, I went like three days early. So it was completely normal all the way up until almost my due date. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was a good thing. Good thing. Good. Well, I am so glad that it worked out for you. You have three beautiful kids and now with your <laughs> spare time, <laughs> you yeah. also, <laughs> I know, what is that? But you've also managed to start a podcast. So tell us about your podcast. Yes. Um, thanks for asking. So it's called The Sweetest and Toughest Job. And I had the brilliant idea to start it when I was pregnant with the third and now time is a little bit crunchy trying to produce it, but we're hanging in there. Uh, but I think, you know, as most moms out there can probably relate, I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And whether you're a working mom or stay-at-home mom, I feel like as a mom, you get to a point where you just want something for you. That whatever your outlet may be. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you're a runner. I don't know. But um, this was kind of the me project. It's a passion project for sure. And the idea was just to be able to create like a platform and a space for parents to be able to share information, knowledge, stories, um, subject matter experts that know a lot more about certain topics than I do come on and share what they know um, and hopefully just make parenting a little bit easier for anybody listening and more relatable to one each other and build community. I love it. 
obviously I'm a big fan of podcasts. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. one about the tantrums, I was like, oh, I'm doing everything wrong. Awesome. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, it totally was. Um, okay, so great. So um, everyone can find you at the sweetest and toughest job wherever they get their podcasts and tell us your social media handles. So social media by the same name. Um, I usually hang out on Instagram more than Facebook, but you can find us on either. And um, yeah, would love for you to listen. Awesome. And I will link out to Rachel's podcast and her Instagram handles on the show notes. So definitely check her out. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Okay, so before we go, um, I decided I'm going to do a little end segment called shit I bought on the internet this week because every week I buy something on the internet and (laughs) (laughs) I know people like to hear about random stuff. So was there anything that you bought this week that you would like to share? So two things pop up right away. And I love this because I do way too much internet shopping and it's, I will say it's out of necessity. I won't, I don't go to big box stores as much. Right. I don't so go to any I bought stores. myself, right. Any stores. I bought myself a pair of running shoes because it had been six months. So that was super exciting. Okay. Wait, I need, and, I need details. What kind of running shoes, what kind of runner are you? Are you like a heavy duty runner? Are you like a hang out in your running shoes, but like pick up the kids? What are we talking? So both. I'd say I usually I'm like a three mile average kind of runner. So recreational, it's, you know, you know, yeah, legit. I'll say legit, but I'm also one of those moms who will wear my running shoes all day long and like not be able to get a workout in. So they're multi multifunctional. I'll say. Okay. And (laughs) who, who are they? And where'd you get them? So I bought Saconis. Okay. That's what I've had in the past. And I love them. And I bought them on Amazon. Okay, great. Um, you can get everything on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, send us send send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes just in case anyone wants to try out Rachel's running cool. shoe recommendation. Cool. Love and, it. If, and then I also bought my dad. It was his birthday. So I bought him a pair of jeans. And it's actually this really cool company called Everlane. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. Okay. So their whole thing is that they responsibly, I don't, I'm going to probably botch this, but they responsibly source materials and they have, um, they only make their product in ethically, ethical factories. So they vet where the stuff is made and then they vet the, I guess, materials that they use. Nice. So I thought that was kind of neat. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So you bought them for dad. Did dad like them? He liked them. Yeah. So it was a win-win. Awesome. And did you also buy those on Amazon or did you go to the Everly website themselves? I went to the Everlane website. Okay. So send me the link to that in case anybody's looking okay. for some uh, responsible jeans. Perfect. What do we say? Responsible, <laughs> um, ethical, responsible ethical jeans. jeans. I like responsible jeans. Respons- <laughs> responsible jeans for a responsible <laughs> grandfather. Okay, great. And if anybody cares, I bought bath bombs for my kids. Yeah. Bath bombs are very hip these days in my house and um they were like a 30 pack i think for like 15 bucks and there's their jungle and they smell delicious and there's like a little surprise inside which is like a cheap little plastic like you know lion or bear or whatever so i highly recommend those and i will link out to the show notes in the for those too that's awesome yeah i love that i'm gonna get some yeah my kids would be all about that my friend sent them to me i'm trying to do it you get 10 gold stars and then you get a bath bomb Mm. It's kind of hit and miss. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
Sometimes it works. Sometimes I'm trying. It <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thanks so much. And um, I'll talk to you later. Great. Thanks, Haley. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye.